0: Episode 195, bonus edition, interview with Nick Sunshine Tokman.
1: Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Glenn from the On Education Podcast. And we're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
0: Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. You know it, you're showing up every week to learn the lessons that I am learning to help you be more effective in the classroom. And today is a special edition. I want to empower you to reach your potential. I have someone on the podcast today who is a unique guest because he is not a former educator. However, everything he does now impacts students and teachers, and staff. I cannot wait to share more of his story with you. It is probably the most unique journey I have shared to date, but this episode is going to change the way that you look at your students and help them develop into the best version of themselves. So before I tell you a little bit about Nick, I want to tell you how our paths crossed. So my dad saw Nick speak And he immediately reached out to me and said, do you know this person? Oh my gosh, you have got to get him into your district in front of every staff member and student. His story is so compelling. And those students were on the edge of their seats and the energy in the place was off the charts. He is truly using his gift and his experiences to help better our nation's kids. I thought, wait a minute, who is this guy? <laughs> so I watched a clip of him doing a speaking engagement, and I'm going to share some of those throughout the show with you. And I was like, whoa, I can definitely tell he has got something important to, to share. He has overcome so many odds that you're rooting for him. Just as he's talking, you're rooting for him. And then you're looking at all the kids that are surrounding, identifying with what he is sharing and picturing themselves uh, walking in his footsteps and also coming out on the other side, better people. And it's enough to make you want to stand on your feet and just start clapping like crazy. I am so glad that Nick and I got a chance to talk. So before I dive into the interview, let me share a little bit of his background with you. In the beginning, at the top of the episode, I mentioned Sunshine as being part of his name, and that's because he appeared on Discovery Channel's Deadliest Catch, and he was nicknamed Sunshine on that show. So he empowers others to overcome all of the distractions and the obstacles that get in the way of owning who they are so that they can achieve their definition of success, And that's important. It's not about what we or what society says. It's about what their natural gift is. And Nick is very big on helping kids feel and understand that. He's an engaging and very animated professional speaker. He directs his audiences to focus their attention on what's important for them in their lives so that they reach their highest potential. I mean, how perfect of a guest is that for our show? We talk right here about reaching our own potential so that we can continue impacting kids to reach their potential. So Nick is definitely an honorary elite educator. So Nick has been on Deadliest Catch for the past four seasons, entertaining more than one million viewers each week. He is recognized for his constant upbeat attitude, his unwavering focus on achieving his goals, and his determination in the face of adversity. So now you get it, why he's called Sunshine, and now you also get why we have got to hear more of Nick's story and why he should be in every single school talking to our kids. By the way, I will share information in the show notes and at the end of the show of how you can connect with him to get him into your school for an event. But let me share a little bit more detail with you. So Nick's grandfather introduced him to the deadliest catch for the first time at a point in his life where he felt so unfulfilled. This is the bottom of his story where a lot of kids feel they don't know where they're going. They don't understand what their talents are. And there's a lot of frustration when you're looking around and everyone else seems to be on a path and moving much quicker than you are. So after seeing the show, Nick decided he had to go crab fishing. And although his family didn't want him pursuing a career in one of the most dangerous professions, he realized this was his life. He had to live it for himself. So four years later, after embarking on that journey, after persevering through a series of setbacks and failures, including hospitalization, running out of money, and battling homelessness, Nick landed on the very show that inspired him to venture to Alaska. As a cast member of the Emmy-winning show, he battled some of the harshest working conditions known to man, including 30 to 35-foot rogue waves, freezing temperatures, extreme physical labor, and 20-hour workdays. 20-hour workdays. holy cow. Nick has proven himself physically, mentally, and emotionally capable of of overcoming arduous obstacles. That is the kind of person I want in front of my kids every single day to say life is not easy. Things that are worth doing are hard. But just because you see an obstacle coming doesn't mean you don't give it your best. You don't try and do it better each and every day and that you don't just go for your dreams. I think Nick understands who he is. He's willing to Listen to that inner voice that's pushing him to utilize his talents to better the world. And he is not scared or turned off by hard things. And that's what makes him unique. And that's the kind of person I want my kids looking up to and wanting to be like. Nick is a member of the National Speakers Association. He's made presentations from people in a classroom setting to a hall filled with 17,000 people. His audiences nationwide range from students in elementary school, junior high, senior high, college, and university to then corporate professionals. He is one motivating and inspiring individual. So at the end of the show, I'll tell you a little bit more about his speaking and Topics that he discusses with students, but for right now, let's go dive into this interview with Nick. Hey, Nick! Thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators Podcast. Hey, how are you, Gretchen? Good. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. Oh God, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, that makes me very thankful you're willing to do this episode with me.
1: Well, no, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, dear. I, I appreciate it so.
0: We have elite educators they are tuning in around the world. They are eager to hear your story and what you have to share with us, so I'm going to dive right into it if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely.
0: So explain to the listeners how our two paths have crossed.
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, I joined uh, Sandler sales uh, training with uh, your dad, Mm -hmm. and I I was speaking at a conference, and I invited him there. I was speaking to uh, mid-level college state directors, and he was there, and he thought I had a message that was really relevant for um, educa- you know, education and everything, and uh, he connected me with you, and I guess here we are.
0: Yeah, it is so funny. So let me tell you the backstory. You might not even know this. So my dad reached out to me. He's like, you have got to meet this guy, Nick. I've been hearing so many great things about him. He's in my course, and He's just got such an empowering message, and he's just—I've heard the best things about him. I said, "Well, that's great, Dad. You know, what do you think we should do?" And he's like, "I don't know. He's got to get into every school that you know. He's got to meet every teacher, every student. We've got to figure this out." <laughs> and I said, "Well, awesome. What does he talk about?" He goes, "Well, I haven't heard him speak yet." <laughs> he said. <"But," laughs> He goes, but I've heard, seen him on YouTube and I've met him and whatever. And he said, so I'm going to make an appointment to go watch him speak and then I'll let you know. So he has done that since. And oh my gosh, he talked my ear off afterwards, just praising you so much for your message and the way you conveyed it. And and just, we have definitely got to get you hooked up in all the schools.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: You're welcome.
1: Appreciate it. I'm flattered. What uh, can I say? Oh,
0: good. Well, I know that you educate in the non-traditional sense, but what is your actual degree in?
1: I went to school for business management. Uh, you know, I went I went to college up in Canada. I, was, I went to school um, thinking I was going to learn how to manage people, but then I just learned a lot of the theory behind it and everything. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, so let's think about your experience as a student. How would you describe, I know you just mentioned you were in a theory-based kind of degree, yeah. but in terms of like as a child going up through school, did you enjoy it? Did you find a connection with teachers? Or was it something that you knew, I'm just not gonna a, a, an academic person, I'm going to go do something else?
1: For For me growing up, I wasn't like a straight A student or anything like that. I mean, I was the kind of student that would, you know, I'd be putting in that extra effort, I would be going in after, you know, after school or something like that and talking to the teacher to make sure I can get my, you know, get my grades up. So I always mm-hmm. put in the extra effort. You know, I was told in order to do something with my life, I was told to go to college and my family kind of, you know, pushed me to go to private school. Um, and, I, you know, I was thinking this, I was thinking the same mentality myself and started working, you know, on a golf course in the summers to, you know, to help pay my way uh, through school. And I was able to get a scholarship um, but yeah, so I just did that and had some teachers that were really helpful with, you know, with me along the way. Um, I actually still do keep in touch with them. Surprisingly, they definitely, I would just say that they helped me out a lot in my life, especially when I was going through a rough time. It wasn't like really, really hard for me, but I mean, I was kind of having a hard time, you know, growing up cause my father wasn't around a lot. And, and so they just helped me push, you know, push me along the way and stuff. So I was grateful for that.
0: Did you feel comfortable talking to them about stuff happening outside school?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Some teachers, yes. Um, I I mean, I I still keep in touch with them to this, uh, you know, with, with a few of them to this day.
0: So some teachers that are listening might wonder what it was those teachers were doing to pull you in or to ask you to open up so that they could help direct your path so do you remember anything they might have said or just their personality type or the way they engaged with you that made you want to take the extra step and talk to them
1: also too uh, when I was in private school is just it, it was a different it was a different culture I went and I can be straight with you I, I went to the Mcduffie school over in Springfield mass and now mm-hmm. it's over in Granby but Um, it was a different environment, like students and teachers, they could talk. It wasn't a weird thing, you know, like in, in a lot of public schools, it's kind of weird just to be like hanging out with your teacher over there. It was, it was no, it was no big thing. And, uh, but for them, I, I don't, I don't even know how I just started approaching and talking to them. I just, you know, one day I just, they knew that I wasn't having a good day or something, or I just, you know, you can tell if someone's having a bad day and they say, Nick, what's wrong? You want to talk? And, uh, yeah. I don't know I just I just felt that trust connection I just started opening up to them and uh
0: sounds like a smaller class size and a more relaxed environment in a in a private yeah. school allowed for you to build relationships yeah. with the teachers
1: yeah in, in in public school there was one there was actually a couple uh teachers I you know uh that were there for me I mean I, I would just be there after school and stuff and I don't know I think they saw something in me even though I wasn't I wasn't the smartest student or something, but they saw that I was putting in that extra effort and they would just kind of open up to me. And I wasn't exactly the cool kid in high school or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, you know, but I wanted, a, I just wanted a better life. I wanted something more. And
0: that's awesome. And now we are talking about you kind of being, you know, upset or going through a rough time, but your nickname's actually Sunshine. And I think you got that right. from Deadliest Catch. Is that right? Yeah. Tell me all about that story.
1: So... You know, I'll tell the abbreviated version, but I have to start from the beginning. I was kind of at a point where I was down out in college and I saw I saw Deadliest Catch at my grandparents' house. And it to me, it just looked like fun. I wanted to try it, Buy a plane ticket. And it wasn't easy for me. And, you know, I you know, I you know, one time like, I, you know, I was homeless. I was staying at random people's houses. You know, I had a lot of setbacks. It was just four years later, I got on a boat, the Northwestern the very boat that I saw on TV that it like inspired me to go up to Alaska, I was on it and it was just surreal for me. And, uh, I was, I was so happy. And, uh, one day I was breaking down crying because there's this one book that I read while I was up in Alaska called the alchemist, uh, oh, yeah. by Paula Quello, uh-huh. by the way, just for educators. I think this is a book that definitely should be put into classrooms. It, totally. it should be read in every school. Uh, it's, it's a great book. And, it just hit me that when a person really desires something, all the universe conspires to help that person realize his dream. And it's one of the core parts of my message, what I bring out, you know, when I'm speaking out of school. Um, but it just, it just hit me then, like, after everything I went through, you you know, like, things, things can happen if you just stay, you know, stay persistent and focus on what you want and not deviate from, you know, uh, you know, back, like, you know, don't go switch from plan A to plan B, so to speak.
0: hmm And so were you just so elated that this dream was coming to fruition that that's why you got nicknamed sunshine?
1: (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. I just basically I was on the boat. that got me up to Alaska and I just couldn't believe it. I was, I was (laughs) so happy. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. You were mentioning some setbacks, um, in terms of failures and running out of money, maybe homelessness. I think there was even maybe hospitalization. So tell me about those moments and how you were able to overcome them in the end.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. I worked for several questionable characters. Uh, first guy, <laughs> I, I, first boat I worked on, uh, the captain put water in the fuel tank, fuel in the water tank, causing it to stall in the middle of the harbor. Oh, God. Next guy couldn't stop screaming his head off. I had another guy. Um, I, got, I got fired for mouthing off. That was my fault. I own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I worked for this one guy known as the frying pan man. Because eight years back, he hit a crew member over the head with a frying pan, through him aside, tried to kill him. Uh, I got a staph infection on my knee, uh, oh. spent a week in the hospital, I lost my job. I, you know, I had a lot. I mean, I, I even, um, you know, I failed at trying, you know, to do a, a fishery close to crab fishing like you see on TV. Mm-hmm. I broke down, um, felt like a failure, and um, I even put water in the fuel tank. I got fired. It was. A, not my most proudest moment, but um, I, I think what carried me through that is, you know, I had good people in my, in my life that were there to p- help pick me up. And the best way I could explain it is you just love to do something so much that you can't stop doing it. So I don't know for you, Gretchen, is there something that you like doing that you just, you know, if someone told you to stop doing it, you it would be pretty hard for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like helping teachers. Like, I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't do it.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, regardless of what happens or something along the way, you know, regardless of setbacks or whatnot, you just keep going. And, you know, I just, I wanted to fish and I just couldn't stop. And and now it's, you know, it's just like speaking to, uh, you know, like no matter what happens, I, I, I love, I, I feel like this is my calling and I just can't stop doing it regardless if it's, you know if I fail or not at it, but now I'm doing just fine. I'm doing okay with it, but still. But,
0: <laughs> so were you yeah. doing this before the deadliest catch, during, or when were these setbacks happening? This was all
1: before. Okay. All the setbacks were before.
0: Got it. Well, no wonder you're sunshine because you definitely made it through the hard stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what made you want to start public speaking if your heart is in fishing?
1: Well, uh, first thing is I don't think, I, you know, looking back on it, if i had to do everything all over again i would do fishing uh, like i, w- I w- you know everything that i did uh, like i was meant to uh, i was i feel like i was supposed to do it uh, for me going up fishing i think it was a way to for me to find myself and you know test what i would see what i was capable of but uh, you know now like i got into speaking I, I i just started doing it in my off season originally i thought it was to uh, prevent the some of the students like ending up like some of my friends And really why I kept, I was so passionate about it is because for me, all my life growing up, I always questioned my self-worth and, you know, I was trying to be good enough for my, my peers, my, you know, you know, my classmates, my family, um, you know, my dad and I, I was neglecting myself and what I wanted. So purpose of my presentation is if I can bring the attention back on the student, so they can figure out who they are and what they want, then I've done my job. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I don't I don't want a student to feel what I felt growing up.
0: Well, I'm sorry that you felt that way. And I think a lot of people struggle with their self-worth. I mean, right now it's like social media makes everything seem 10 times as worse because everyone looks successful or perfect. So I think you're right in saying that fishing was your outlet. It was a way for you to think or to reflect or even like, what do I want to become or who am I? and and do something with that, and I wonder, although you were mentioning before how private school is great, I wonder if it was so rigid it kept you from really having a hobby or knowing who you were. Would you agree or disagree with that?
1: Completely disagree. I, being, going to private school actually, it, it helped me express myself more.
0: Oh, tell um, me more about that.
1: Yeah, sure, yeah. I I mean, the thing is that this school, I mean, you know, when you go to a, a when I was in public school, it was, if you, if you studied, like you were an idiot, you were a loser or something like that. Or, Mm -hmm. you you know, when I was in, when I was in private school, I mean, it was encouraged that, you know, you're there to, you know, you know, it was college prep, you were there to, you know, to try to get your best chance of going to Harvard or whatnot, or wherever the heck you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but they, they were so, they were so supportive of like encouraging you to get involved in the arts so I did I did theater and and you know you were able to kind of let I felt like I could be more myself because in public school there's a lot of you know there's clicks and there's ways to be you're, you're supposed to be you know or, you know like you don't study that's not cool you know or whatever and 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 when it was in private school I mean that was just that was the norm is like you studied you know that mm-hmm. was part of it you know you didn't make fun of it or you know for it or anything and I think the private school that I went to, they just, they were really supportive of and encouraging of a person's individuality.
0: Yeah. And um, that's what you needed. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned a little bit of a struggle with your dad and then also mentioning, you know, the self-concept thing. So where did that all start as a boy? Were you not becoming what he wanted you to become? Like, where does that tape in your head go? And I'm asking this personal question just because I know students and our classrooms struggle the same way. And if us teachers can pick up on these cues or understand everyone else's yeah, stories, we're yeah. able to kind of help prevent yeah. some of the hardship.
1: Right. No, that's a that's a great question. I'm, I'm more than happy to open up on that. Uh, it wasn't just my dad; it was also like family in in general. I mm. mean, like my my father. I mean, I I personally believe that I was just reading this, uh, uh, listening to this one uh, series. Uh, it was it was on fa- it was on fa- it talked about family ties and father issues and things like that and personally everyone is part of a dysfunctional family. There's always things, even if you think it's perfect. Maybe they can you know think you think that the way to success is materialism or something. There's always dysfunction in a family, no matter what. As as good as it is, you know, we all do the best that we can with what we learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for me. Um, I always tried to get my dad's, you know, approval or, 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 you know, try to be good enough there. And also with, with the family, it was, it always felt like a competition. So it was, you know, how is this person doing in sports or how, you know, is this person a class president or something? And it felt like you couldn't just be accepted for who you are. You, you, you know, you, you had to like kind of one up and get that little praise or, Mm -hmm. or something. That's how I felt, or. Uh, another thing is is you had to be a certain way and right. you know i was a music guy i was more of an arts person mm-hmm. and a lot of my family my cousins they were sports guys they were jocks mm-hmm. you know they, they they'd watch the patriots or something like that or 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 you know hockey or whatnot and i didn't i and there was a certain way that you you talk to each other and i wasn't like that i, mm-hmm. I connected and it was hard for me to relate because i wasn't i wasn't like them and i for longest time i thought and because i wasn't like them they were kind of treating like kind of outcast i felt a little outcasted myself and and i felt always all my life that there was something wrong with me yeah you, right. you know and and um, and 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 really it's just the fact is is that as family has a certain culture you know you're supposed to be the. you know some some family says you have to be this way or that way or so on and if you don't fit that mold then you know it's kind of weird it's kind yeah. of like when when you go to you know public school or something you know some cultures or you like say if you go say to an inner city school or, or so whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, you go to, you know, you do, you know, you do the gang and things like that. You join a gang or something or, but God forbid, if you want to, you know, better yourself by going, you know, being educated or something, they'll make fun of you for that. Right. It's just, they make fun of what's not within the norm. Right. And, um, Uh, I kind of rambled on a little
0: bit. I'm glad you did because I think what you're saying is so true for many students. They don't fit the mold. They don't fit the norm, but they've got talents. They're not sure how to utilize them because they get made fun of if they try and do things in that area. So they never get better in what they're meant to get better in. And it's this thing where... If us teachers can say, hey, everyone has something to bring to the table. It's not going to always yeah. look the same, and that's okay, and we're a family. And yeah. all these things that you felt when you finally got to that private school is how I want every kid to feel in every classroom. And I'm glad that you eventually yeah. got there, and I just hope many teachers are able to kind of pick up on the kids that may be withdrawn or maybe their grades are dropping because it's probably they haven't figured out how to fit in or to be happy right. with the gift that they were given.
1: Right. and and all i'm saying is if a person doesn't fit in if you like if i if i'm telling a student that it's okay like you know you're you you know eventually you will find your tribe it's like it's you know there's there's one analogy i I was kind of thinking about like say for example elite football players right Mm -hmm. you gotta i mean you have to make a lot of sacrifices if you're going to be an elite football player you're not going to go, you're not going to be going to the parties. You're not going to be playing Xbox. So you might be outcasted already from your friends because, Oh, Hey, you're not going to these. You're instead, you're so driven on football that, that, you know, they can't relate to that. Well, so now you're going there, you know, now like everyone's in the NFL, but like, say, look at a guy like, like Tom Brady, for example. I mean the guy, I mean, you know, he's won six Super Bowls. He's, he's so far up there. And, but like in order for him to be there, he's made some choices that are like and just how he lives his life is so different from the rest because he doesn't he he doesn't eat tomatoes. He you know, he, he has this like very stringent diet. He has this muscle pliability, all these different things, but he's at that level and no one can relate to that. so they can probably criticize and make fun of him. but it's just, you know, when you're different like that, you you know maybe you can be alone because people, aren't able to relate or, or if that, if that makes any sense, it's just that, you know, that individuality, there's something in you that when you're, when you are, when you have that gift, maybe you can feel alone at times or something. And, um, yeah, (laughs) I
0: like your sports Uh, reference. See, you are uh, kind of a guy that's into sports. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So you have been giving uh, presentations to anything from like a classroom setting to large settings, like 17,000 people or something from, you know, elementary school to university to corporate professionals. So how does this work that you're doing now affect students and the staff that works there or even parents?
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, my main thing is what I do is I bring the attention back on themselves and ask them what do you want to do with your life? It, it all comes down to that. You're, you're feeling all these pressures and everything, you know, but really if you clear all that out and just giving them the opportunity probably for the first time in a really long time to ask themselves what they really want to do with their life.
0: And how do you think that allows them to feel I think you mentioned like you want to empower others. Um, so, how do you think that your message is doing that?
1: Well, it empowers them is because they're no longer thinking about what others what what other people want for them. They're they're starting to think for themselves of what you know for the first time what they want to do with their life and how they want to live it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Are you sharing and, stories and, uh, of your own struggles, or what's kind of your um, the way you tell a story to make them really connect?
1: Sure uh well i use self reflective questions uh that's one um i yeah i i have self reflective questions i t- i share my story about the things that i went through and um uh that's how i open up but i, I at first at first i i i kind of i i open up t- saying about you know i like i talk about you know my grandma how she was a big influence on me and you know because of you know her advice she you know basically saved my life she always said like you have to do what's best for yourself and um and, you know it caught up with me and then I was you know I share about you know different paths people take along the way and I kind of draw a di- you know a diagram to see where people end up if you know if they continue down a path it's for example you know students trying to be a cool kid mm-hmm. they you off track in the, you know their own life or uh, you know um, students doing tr- you know going after what they want just doing things along the way just to please their parents it's it's like it's the equivalent of a you know some mid-level director in a company you know being really ultra successful all of a sudden have a have a midlife crisis because they're thinking all their life they're doing this but for what they're not even really happy there right. and they break down so I, I show that you know that direction or then another direction of you know students you know or people in life really wanting to go after something they really want to do it but they're maybe intimidated going after it because of you know fear of what others might think and then they always live in regret because of it and, and I, and I, and I showed that diagram and it, and it reflects back on them and it's, you know, and then it's ultimately the question is, is are you the captain in your life or is it others around you?
0: Mm, that's good. Yeah. So how do you think students can take what you yeah. say and put it into action as, as soon as they walk away from hearing you speak? What is something that they can do?
1: Well, one, one thing I, I you know, I get them to do is, you know, a lot of students are thinking, you know, I, cause I have, I have a message of go after, you know, like tune out from the outside voices, tune into your own, you know, go after what you want, you know, stay the course, push past the fears, doubts, what I was to think and go, you know, just do your thing, you know, regardless of the obstacles. But one thing that I I encourage them to do, if they're not sure of what it is that they want to do, I, the thing is, is that they've been disconnected with themselves for so long. I encourage them just at the end of my presentation, just to do one fun thing a day. It could be something as simple as going out for you know ice cream with their friends or uh, you know maybe talking to a relative that they always wanted to talk to, or maybe just you know singing at the top of their lungs one day. and reason I, I say to do that is because each and every one of us we know, you know if we're hungry, you, you know at at a certain time the music we like, whether or not we like sports and and asking a question of what do I do want to do with my life is so big. You know, it's it's a it's a really big question. I mean, I never, you know, I never thought that I'd be a fisherman and then become a speaker. And it just it just happens. And why I'm asking them to do one fun thing a day is to get them connected with themselves. Get you know getting them in touch of what what things that they like to do. Maybe so they maybe decide you know, to write or something like that. And then maybe, you know, they, they want to go to a sports game or play sports. And all of a sudden they, you know, they tie, you know, two and two together and and they want to be a sports writer or something just doing those things to connect that with them with themselves so they can have a better idea of who they are, what they, and what they want to do. And yeah. And, and it's not about, you know, it's not about, you know, finding out like what they want to do, like, you know, for the finite, because, what we want to do changes over time you know Mm -hmm. or or for in most cases i mean you know but what you know what stays consistent is you know what we want to do in life is guided by our own for lack of a better word by our own voice and and it's just it's just connecting with that it's like it's kind of like a kid (laughs) yeah you know when you're when you're when you're a little kid You know, you go to play in the sandbox and all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to stay there the whole day. Maybe you decide you want to jump in the pool or something. It's kind of the same thing with life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like you're encouraging them to explore. Like go try a whole lot of different things until you find something that resonates.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's okay. You may not know what you want to do. That's totally fine. Um, But just enjoy the ride, enjoy the process. But maybe they're, you know, maybe after high school, they're compelled to hike the, you know, Appalachian Trail, mm-hmm. and I've met so many people along there, along you know, in life. I, I met one camera guy. I actually brought that up because one of the camera guys on Deadliest Catch, he went through, you know, was hiking through the Appalachian tra- Trail, and uh, and he just loved photography and videography, and he started doing it more and more. And then before you know it, he was one of the the, the film crew on, on on the TV show. Oh,
0: that's cool. Well, what would you say to teachers? so we know what the kids should do in terms of next steps, but what can teachers do to help students get past some of these obstacles and really figure out what success looks like for their own life?
1: I, the same advice I would give to a parent, I, I, I would just say encourage
0: them to be who they are and, and encourage them to,
1: you know do the things that they'd want to do. Of, of course, you know that's that's good and a good and healthy choice. But just encourage them to really do their passion and and, and just really be supportive of that. Uh, that's what I would say, and not try to squash it. Uh, I, you know, uh, that's what I would say. Like if, if they if they like like example, and. Like, uh, say for example they they love theater or something and you know some some teachers will say well no you now you know you want to be going to acting well no no you got to think realistically or something like that and so you know some some teachers will say you got to think about a real career job that's going to pay the bills and put food on the table or Mm -hmm. something well that's like that's really discouraging them and let them go out like do acting and if they fail, let them fail because they're going to get an experience out of that that's going to help them out in the future. Like, I mean, maybe they don't get into acting, but they, you know, maybe they become, you know, they, they have they have a great voice or something, and like they they jockey on a local radio show or whatever it is that that, that failure or you know their experiences learning that will carry them on with their to their next the next point of their life. So I would just say what they, you know, what they want to do, just encourage them to, to do those things and encourage them to fail, you know, regardless if they think it's, you know, far-fetched or something.
0: So it sounds like I've got maybe three to four takeaways from chatting with you is build relationships with students so that they feel comfortable talking to you about what's going on in their life or maybe what their interests are. And once you get an idea of what those are, then you as the teacher or the parent create the atmosphere where they're encouraged to go try a bunch of things, have new experiences, be exposed yes. to things yes. so that the yeah. third thing they can feel like they can cultivate that talent and you've made it a safe place to be okay to get off the beaten path to kind yes. of find your own.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. nailed
0: the key takeaways.
1: <laughs> I, I, I actually, um, if, if you'd like, um, what I could do, uh, Gretchen, I'm actually working on a series of quarterly videos to keep the students on track with their goals. Oh. Um, and I and uh, yeah, and I have the my first one is called Awesome 21 Days. What we just talked about, what's one thing that they can do each day that can make their day that much better. And they document it. So they put down different things that they can do. It could be something as simple as going out for ice cream with their friends or, you know, going shopping at the mall Or maybe they go to look at their favorite sports cars, uh, you know, at a car dealership or something to get inspired, just different things that they can do each day. And it just it's just to connect with themselves so they can have a better idea of who they are, you know, what they like and what they like. Mm-hmm. and then each video leads on to the next one but I'd be happy to share that with you if you'd like to pass that on yeah that's obviously.
0: awesome so we in a podcast yeah. episode we have what's called a show notes which is just like a blog post that goes with it so I'll stick yeah. the link to that yeah. and then everyone can access it
1: cool and uh, I got works I got worksheets for the students
0: oh awesome uh,
1: I, I got instructions for the instructions for the teachers and and uh, the administrators uh, uh, and uh, yeah and also students as well. Also, I have a survey because of course it's a work in progress. I'm always looking to improve it. So I would welcome your feedback so I can improve it as well. Because my job to, uh, you know, after like having me speak or something, I want to make sure that my impact is sustained. Like I want to see a student bring their their gift out into the world
0: Mm, yeah that is so so good i love it well i'll definitely put all that in the show notes how can people connect with you if they want to learn more or a principal wants to book you for a speaking engagement
1: sure uh they can go on my website at com. tockman t-o-k-m-a-n right com. every all my contact information is there Cool. You know, I I don't have a little uh, shield email me. I'd love to talk. No, you, know, you want to talk to me, you can talk to me, email, phone, however you want.
0: Oh, I love it. That is so awesome. And I do want to thank you so much for being willing to talk with me tonight. I think your story resonates with so many kids. And I think teachers are going to learn a lot from you in terms of what they can do to best help these kids become their best. And like you said, bring their talent out into the world.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, on behalf of
0: everyone, thank you again for your time, um, and I hope to chat with you soon.
1: Sounds good. Me too. (laughs) All righty. Bye, Nick. Bye.
0: Holy cow. Aren't you so happy that Nick got to be in your ears today, and hopefully he's entered your heart and you are ready to go out and be better for your kids and, and take what he has shared with you and use that perspective when working with students. And I do hope you take time to reach out to your principal or someone in your district to say, hey, we've got to get this guy in our schools in our districts talking to our kids because their kids need to hear this message about being true to yourself, about deciding what it is you want to be. What are your talents? How can you use that to be a better person and to not back down when things get hard? There were so many moments where Nick could have given up and he just didn't. So if that's the kind of mentor you think students in your school need, then listen up. The title that his message is for students is Catch Your Future: A Journey to the Deadliest Catch. And I will link this again in the show notes at nicktukman.com. But this is the description of his speaking engagements. Many students ask themselves, "Why can't I just be me and be accepted for it? Am I good enough?" pressures are coming at teens and tweens from all directions. Peer pressure at school, the struggle to fit in, high expectations from family, the destructive power of negativity, distractions from social media. This can rob them of their self-esteem and divert their focus from what matters most, making them uncertain as to what they want to do with their lives. Nick empowers students to overcome the obstacles and the negative distractions that prevent them from connecting with who they are so they can achieve their definition of success. Nick is not a stereotypical follow your dreams speaker. The presentation is focused to address issues such as dropouts, student involvement, class performance, and preparing students for their future. Students will learn how to deal with negative influences and peer pressure. Remove distractions and remain focused on achieving their life goals. Overcome adversity and leverage failure for success. Make better decisions for themselves. And all of that will be learned in an entertaining and memorable way. Here's a glimpse into a presentation Nick did at Skills USA in 2017. Have a listen.
1: Every time I thought something bad happened to me, maybe it happened for a reason. There is something inside you all that compels you to do what you want to do. That is your gift. We need to see it. To me, the definition of success is what you want out of life, how close you can get there despite all obstacles.
0: Or how about in this classroom presentation at Mercy College?
1: I believe there's a passion, a voice inside you all, pushing you to leave your legacy on the world. My objective today, regardless of how big that passion is, is to keep it alive.
0: Nick talks about perseverance, grit, staying the course, listening to that inner voice, and he does it in a passionate yet compassionate way way. He is captivating. Every audience member and any video that you watch of Nick speak is absolutely locked in, taking in every word of his sage advice. I highly recommend you bring Nick in to your schools to change the culture and give kids some hope and some confidence and that desire to reach the potential that lies within them. As I mentioned before, and also, it's located in the show notes. Just visit Nicktokeman.com. It's T-O-K-M-A-N. All the information about Nick, videos to watch, and connecting with him there. That is the hub to help transform the kids that you work with each and every day. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Nick Tokman. Now, go on and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>